to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason, back from vacation. And I really do need to apologize to the listeners because I tried recording last week's episode with my phone. I know we didn't have the normal intro-outro music, we didn't have the soundboard, we didn't have anything, it was just us talking, which it would have worked well, except on my end, my cell phone is kind of old, and that's what I was using to record, and it dropped out audio a few times, because it just did not have the... I don't know, the memory capacity or the bandwidth to really keep up. And uh, Jesse has crappy internet, but he was using a PC, and his audio came out fine. So, you know, we tried. And <laughs> so I got some some thoughts on that later. I'll, I'll probably just, if I ever do it again, I'll have a newer phone or I'll do it off a computer or something. But anyway, how was your week? I know it probably wasn't as good as mine because I definitely went on vacation and haven't worked in 10 days, but... Um, I need the vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, everybody needs a vacation once in a while. I mean, shoot, I don't know. If I didn't have a job where I got paid leave like four or five weeks a year, I would be like, man, this sucks. But hey, I worked hard for this shit. So damn it, I'm taking advantage of every little bit of it. I didn't I didn't indulge in any racing. I just kind of sat back and watched it while getting fat on vacation, eating junk food. Swear to God, the only thing I do on vacation is drive around and eat fast food. Yeah, I I feel like I let the podcast down because I had the opportunity to go to the speedball, you know, as a firsthand report on it, and failed miserably because I had way too much to do in order to make it. I would have loved to go on. Well, shit, we, we had... Life happens, the ball joint fell out of my truck, you know? I need my truck. The upper ball joint fell out of my control arm, so what am I going to do? Well, you know, I'm going to spend like an hour or two and weld that some bitch right to the upper control arm. I'm not made of money. I'm not replacing that shit. I'm going to weld that some bitch and send it. Might as well. So yeah, it's welded. I I'm happy enough with them. And uh, as long as they don't fall out, it gives a shit. You no, know, I, I I'll uh, you know listen to the podcast when I want to know stuff. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, if I had a little more forethought, we would have had Phil on because he did go. And uh, yeah, I screwed the pooch on that one too. I was going to text him, and I'm like, he's probably doing his music thing. Everybody knows what happened by the time the air date anyway, so it's all good. All we're doing is saying, here's who won, here's what happened, and here's our opinion on certain things. (laughs) But anyway, so yeah, um, my race car is coming along. I got my fuel cell in. Luckily, the FedEx guy was nice enough to leave it here when it needed a signature, and my family was able to come up and get it indoors before any of you people stole it. And so... What do you mean by you people? By you people, um, you people. Uh, so, no, but yeah, we we're kind of inching forward. I'm staying on schedule. I want to be out by the end of the year. Maybe do one, maybe two races, just to fulfill that requirement in my life. And um, so, yeah, that's all I got going on. I don't have much going on. I built the fuel cell cage. That was it. <laughs> I haven't really tackled much of anything. So. Yeah. I mean, it takes time and money to do things, and when you don't have either one, it's kind of hard to do it. Hey, I finally brought that shitbox in from outside. It's finally in the garage. Jesse's museum piece is in the garage. Finally. Yeah, I brought that shitbox in finally from over the winter. Yeah. It's now, it is now, you know, mid-August, and I finally brought my race car inside from outside. Yeah, it was outside all winter. Sorry, folks. 
God, I'm terrible at life. I hate it. <laughs> no, I, I did, my race car used to live outdoors until I got an enclosed trailer, and then I got my own garage, so it, it is what it is sometimes. I don't know. I'll just Marvel Mystery Oil that shit and send it. I don't <laughs> just know. Just drive the thing. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, the only it. place you could really run it right now is the, the Speed Bowl with the rules oh, package the way it is. Yeah. So... Speaking of the speed. Oh, sorry. Kitty cat claws on my leg are deep. Yeah, he, he's oh, not very good about the claws. I love claws. All, all our Hi, guests kitty. understand Hi, that my cats will jump yes, on you. Yes, those are love claws. Yes, I know. Oh, boy. Okay, yes, Smokey. Thank you for not... Don't go on the keyboard, goddammit. So, anyway, Torture. speaking of the speed bowl... Hello, you know. darling. Nice to see you. It's been a... Said, you're just we as lovely as you back. And guess what? The Speed Bowl is back. Oh, it's frozen over. Yep. How's it's been two years, life? but they're back. Are you happy? And the place looks beautiful. Hope you're doing so anyway, we've got a little just bit to know it so so <laughs> let me turn that down here for a minute. It's appropriate. So, it's the best yeah. song I could think of for to go to any racetrack. Yeah, right now, anywhere is great to go any to. Any racetrack that's open that you can go to, it's a sight for sore eyes, and darling, oh, you you're as lovely, lovely as you <laughs> used to be. <laughs> yep. So, Speed Bull goes back racing this past week. Um Anyway, sorry everybody. My cat is just crawling all over the board and everything. I'm just like waiting for this thing to shut He's down. Smoking. So, the only commentary I'll make is that um, the Wednesday crowd looked okay. I mean, not great, but again, they have capacity restrictions, and people are kind of bitching about the the gate fee. I mean, it was twelve bucks to get in the front gate for a Wednesday show, and it's usually five to seven bucks. But it's like, well, they don't really understand the concept of reduced capacity and having to cover costs. It's like, well, yeah, if you're forced to be at a reduced capacity, I could see bumping the ticket price up a little. Guess kind what? Of demand offs- just skyrocketed. Yeah, because- I saw it. Did you see it go up? I saw the demand just skyrocket. Well, yeah, but you also, you got to remember that I saw it. the Speed Bowl does pay purses for these races, so they do have to cover that somehow. Supply is limited. The supply curve is steeper. Therefore, the demand curve must be steep to match this. It's simple economics. Yeah, and they have a lot of overhead to cover. They have people that work there. Yeah. So it's like my cat's pushing my microphone into my face. This is going. We're going well so far. Uh, but no, I mean, you have to cover this stuff. So, you know, just kind of grin and bear it for a minute. This is probably not going to be a permanent thing with the ticket prices. Just suck it up for a minute. You know, it's, it's going to happen. I'm not I'm not, you know, advocating for increased ticket prices under normal circumstances. I'm just saying this isn't normal circumstance. They're this, kind of working with what they're dealt. This isn't $30 for a bottle of water or price gouging or anything of that nature. No, this is meeting the supply curve to the meet, you know, to meet the demand curve. That's This is what it is and they want people in the stands and you have to sell the stands out, but you also have to be able to uh, operate your business and and do costs and all that good stuff, and yet have those people at the same point ha- be able to buy a hot dog or buy merchandise or same same simple yeah simple thing. You need to have officials. You need to have people running the ticket booth. You need to have people running concessions. I don't know what they had for concessions because I wasn't there. 
but I was I was busy coming back from vacation on Saturday, so I couldn't make it there. And I was on vacation on Wednesday, so I couldn't make it there anyway. But yeah, I mean, like I said, there's overhead, there's supply, there's demand. You gotta suck it up for a minute. I, I yeah, we don't have enough time in the episode to lecture people on simple ep- economics. Right, it's not gonna happen. But anyway, supply must beat demand. That's the end of it. Anyway, Speed Bowl announced a uh, well, I'd say a competitive purse structure for their weekly divisions, which is, I'd say, you know, for the Wednesday night guys, they're one of the few tracks that actually pays a purse for this type of a division, which is like a glorified enduro type of divisions. Uh, I know I'm pretty sure that Fast Fridays at Seekonk don't pay. Uh, that's what I was told by a bunch of competitors, so I'm sorry if I misquote them on that. But um, anyway, if like if they go into it knowing that ahead of time, then they signed up for it, so they can't complain. But um, I guess I looked at the Wednesday, or the Saturday night divisions, and I mean the SK purse is a little lower than Stafford, and uh, well, a little lower than Thompson used to be until Thompson slapped everyone in the face. Um, we'll talk about Thompson later because they've got some interesting stuff going on. Um, and the, uh, some of those, some of the divisions, like this, uh, the lower divisions at uh, Waterford, are a little bit higher than some of Stafford's divisions. Like uh, I think it's like three hundred bucks to win a sportsman race at Waterford, whereas it's not that much at Stafford. You know, it might be that much to win an SK Light race at Stafford. So, <laughs> uh, but no, they they pay a little bit better than than a couple divisions at Stafford, but a, a little worse than both. It's comparable. Like I said, it's a little bit competitive. Uh, so I'm not complaining about that at all. Um, they also had an issue uh, with the tire manufacturer for the late models. Now, the late models are ACT late models. They have to run on the American Racer tire that is mandated by the ACT, and all the tracks around have adopted that if they adopt the rules. Now, I guess there was a fire at the American Racer plant, and they have a really bad shortage of those ACT tires. So I guess they came up with a solution with the ACT and with American Racer to run on a certain tire. I guess it's really comparable uh, due to the shortage, so that's the only real issue they were really having to solve, but they picked it up pretty quick. So, I, like, that's kind of a first for me. I don't remember... I know it's, I know it's happened before with parts manufacturers and suppliers that they've had issues like that, but um, I haven't seen one lately, so I'm glad they could get that figured out. Um, we might as well just stick with Waterford. Since we're on the topic. I, I have mean, a question about the ACT rules that maybe the... Uh, so, do the tracks that run the ACT cars... Now, is this is this sort of like a... Um, like franchising it out as a... As a if you run act uh, an ACT car with ACT rules, you have to run their tires? Depending it's, on know, what tr- tires that the track has? The way the ACT does it, it actually makes a lot of sense because... You could take one of these cars that races weekly at, say, Seekonk or Waterford or Thompson or, you know, insert track name here that runs ACT rules. Any, Pick any division up or any track up north in New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine, whoever runs an ACT rules package. Mm-hmm. You could take those cars as is and go race on the ACT tour with it. I understand or, that. Or the American Canadian tour. I can't, it's redundant to say ACT tour. The T is the tour. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you could the best like they run the same exact tires on the tour as they do in the weekly divisions. They run the same exact fuel in the tour as they do on the weekly divisions, and they run the same. It's the same exact rule book, and it's meant as a cost saving measure. It's meant to increase 
the return on investment because then every racetrack that runs that rule package, your car is legal at that racetrack. Right, I get that. You know? Like yeah. the one year that Waterford screwed the pooch and made them run on Hoosiers, nobody showed up. They had like eight cars. Whereas Seekonk had 20 plus. And Thompson had 20 plus. <laughs> no, I, I understand that, but I mean, if you're running an Act Rules car and you're only going to run at Waterford, you know, could you, as a track, say, okay, well, you know, we we'll use them as a as a guideline, or or you know, and make them run Hoosier tires as opposed to uh, you know having two different tires at the track. Well, I mean, like I said, um, they've done this experiment before, and it's failed horribly. <laughs> So, so the majority of the guys who run and act on a local every week basis, they they it works out better to have their tires go somewhere else. Oh yeah, to have yeah. Like I said, not only is it a cost cutting measure, it's also a return on investment measure that the ACT can use for. Like they get a lot of guys locally that run their tour races when it comes to their tracks. Mm -hmm. Like when the ACT comes to Thompson. They have huge fields because all the ACT cars there can just say, okay, fill it up with fuel, maybe bolt a set of tires on it because, you know, you got to run a long the race. The local guys can run with the torch. Yeah, they can I run with it. the tour. It's perfect. Yeah. I mean, there's like, there's a bunch of uh, guys that show up every now and then, like a Ray Parent or, or something will go to the speedball every now and then. And Yeah, uh, or Dave Farrington when he used to run, and the, the, he runs past now, I believe, but... Yeah, he used to come down to the speed bowl and run, and um, yeah, Ray is another example. He would run, come uh, come down and run Seekonk or whatever. Um, name it, Jimmy Hebert, any of those guys, they used to go, they can barnstorm anywhere they damn well want, which is a nice, like I said, you give the racers a return on their investment, and they will use it. Right. You know? That's why guys with SKs race everywhere. That's why guys with the ACT cars race everywhere. It's just, it's a long down, long list all the way down, so... Race car in a box. Right, right. That's that's why they've always been appealing to me. I've always thought about getting one, but money. <laughs> I ain't got that money. I want to be competitive whatever I run in, and if I can't be with the money I got, then I can't do it. So, racers' problems. So, anyway, we'll get back to Waterford here. Um, I don't have the Wednesday results. Sorry, guys, but Waterford hasn't really been. This is my biggest beef right now. With how Waterford's been operating, okay, they they listened to us on, you know, being more transparent and doing certain things to get the track ready, which they obviously needed to do anyway. Um, but they were very transparent on their social media about it, which is funny because it was right after we said something. So maybe someone's listening. But if they're listening, my newest beef is press release, post results as they happen on social media. Like, after a race is over, take a picture and post it on your Facebook, well, then, Twitter, well, then, Instagram, whatever you Don't get. they have... Oops, sorry about that. God damn it, Kay! Oh, that's not going well. Anyway, so post the results. I mean, if I can't make it that night, like, I'm on vacation and I can't see it, um, post a picture of the winner and say what race it was and say they won and then give maybe a top three or a top five. Right, well, a total rundown. I think they did, you know, mention, like, the Wednesday night... Uh, uh, off the top of my head right now, uh, as of, uh, I think Don Burge won the uh, Super X. And uh, who won the, the, the X car? Um, 
I don't know. Uh, I. That's what <laughs> that's I mean. My I, problem. I, I I did know. Uh, like I want to know. know. Uh, no offense to the people involved, but you know I could probably Google that result. Well, uh, that's that's the thing is I want the results posted on social media because what else am I surfing while you know getting ready for bed or just kind of relaxing at the end of the night? If I couldn't make it to the track, I'm gonna go check social media. And be like, I know there's a race tonight. I'm going to go check whatever, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. And I want to see who won. Well, just ask Chuck McDonald. And well, yeah, he'll know everything. Um, just ask Chuck. He'll know the results no matter what. Well, watch him get like 50 you know, DMs now constantly. He'll have to group text everybody. He gets 50 anyway, the guys like the mayor. So uh, That's fair. Anyway, that's my newest, that's my newest beef, Waterford. Post some results on social media. It's not going to hurt you. You're not going to hurt ticket sales, but posting the results after they happen, you're going to basically, it's like advertising. You're still staying relevant by posting, but you're also telling people who just can't make it, you know, some people just can't do that. I mean, you're telling them who won. They're staying engaged. Any engagement is positive, and it's going to gain you more people, more followers, more whatever, you know. That's what I need to do with the podcast, but I'm so busy and like disengaged that. <laughs> See, finally, it. it's local racing is finally starting to catch up and make the internet and social media their priority. They're they're catching up to it, but it's still a little bit on the confusing side, especially when it comes to broadcasting, uh, try press releases, how to release it. And things of that nature. So they're just, it's catching up, but it's still got a long way to go. So for um, those of you who didn't catch Saturday's results, I'll give you the quickie little rundown here. Uh, I, I heard from Phil that the car counts were actually a little bit better than they have been in the few last few years. Um, he said they were a little bit better. Uh, Mini Stocks' Doug Curry won, who was last year's champion. What do you want, Phil? Um, Phil, Doug- we're working on the podcast. Please Doug Curry won the mini stock race last year's Thompson Speedway. Doug, a listener to the show, mini stock champion. Show. Yep, he was on the show and general ass kicker as far as the mini stocks go. At least for now, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> no, job. but let's talk about trucks. Okay, so Speed Bowl has their own truck series. I think it's about the same exact thing as the uh, uh, New England Truck Series. What are they called? Uh, Geez, I'm sorry, guys. Exit Reality. Exit Realty. The Exit Reality. Truck Series. Is that, is that what yeah, they called? have Yeah, they have a truck series. Yeah, I didn't want to bone yes. their sponsor on that one. Um, but, yeah, they have the same basic thing, and they race weekly at the Speed Bowl. Um, so, former mini stock, absolute ass kicker. And Speed Bowl legend. Basically, yeah, Speed Bowl legend. Pl- uh, what's it? Plus 50 Dude, wins? It's at least. Oh, 66 wins. As 66. Of right. And I think this one's 67. Okay, he's he's in the top ten all time of speedball wins at the. What's he a five or six time mini stock champion? Yeah, this many. <laughs> uh, let's just put those hands up. <laughs> Ken Cassidy changes divisions, gets a ride in the trucks, and absolutely waxes everybody else, uh, and he wins in his first race in a truck. So that should give you a little bit of an idea that the kid can drive. Well, he's not a kid anymore. He's my age. So the guy can drive. Um, so moving on down the list, we got SKs. Also a friend of, yeah, also also. A friend of the podcast because he's a friend of ours. Yeah. So SK. Bud Lights, <laughs> everywhere we drank that night. <laughs> oh, All right, yeah. Gary K, shut up, Kerry. 
Sorry if you uh, hear my cat yowling in the background. My wife is not home, and he misses her, so he's going to yell all over the place. No, I love the kitty. I don't care. So, <laughs> mad at you. You're so damn cute. He's a jerk, but he's very fuzzy. Um, so SKs, I keep I keep uh, saying that, but not getting to them. Tim Jordan puts it in victory lane, and uh, finally, because he's had a lot of real bad luck streak with these modifies for quite a long time, but he's been sticking with it. Yep, and uh, good for him. Yep, that's great. I know he's been working a lot with Team LFR and working with Copsick up at Stafford, and I think he's really been upgrading his uh, knowledge base, and he's picked up a lot, and uh, I guess that's really proven right there. Uh, let's see. Sport. Oh, cat jumped on me. Sportsman feature, Sean Monahan won. That was a really deep uh, field. A lot of guys who used to race back in the day came out. Uh, late models, Jason Palmer won an exciting race. If you saw the video that Sid posted of the sights and sound of the speed bowl, I think the leader, I can't remember who it was, but they lost the bottom coming through three and four, and Jason stuffed it in there, and they were side-by-side for the win. It was really cool. Legends cars, Jordan Churchill was the winner. I hope they race Wednesdays and Saturday nights. I like those cars. Uh, SK Lights, Wayne Burroughs Jr. won. And for the MRS race, Matt Swanson put it in victory lane. He's a real wheel man. Uh, He's really starting to come into his own. He came back from an accident, real hot, real tough accident the night before in, uh, I think, the tri-track race. But he came back and won the MRS race. All right, so news came out this past week that I really want to talk about involving Thompson Speedway. Now, um, it's my curiosity that's really being piqued here, okay? And it's the fact that Tom Mayberry, who is the past pro all-star uh, Pro All-Star Series, I'll get that out sometime, promoter, and he also promotes, I believe, and operates uh, Oxford Plains Speedway. And Chris Michaud, uh, who also runs the ACT, announced that they reached an agreement with NASCAR and Thompson Speedway to hold two Whalen Modified Tour events, as well as uh, Pro All-Star Series and American Canadian Tour uh, races at Thompson on September 2nd and in October for the World Series, which is probably going to be the second or whatever third week it's now, like weren't 18, those 19. races canceled um because of covid i don't think well the one in august was supposedly canceled but let's get into that in a second here um yeah no, my my whole confusion on this is oh, everything they, well here's the thing is they also said that they're working on other dates as well into 2021 now this raises a lot of questions for me and i'm sure a lot of other people but this got glossed over real quick um it, it brings into question the validity or even the existence of that new Terry Eames group, Econ Motorsports. Um, what happened there? Did, well, they, just, did so, they just go away or something? Like, he was supposed to be promoting these races, and then all of a sudden, Tom Mayberry and Chris Michaud just kind of show up out of absolutely nowhere and say, no, we're taking care of this. Don't worry about it. So so the, the Econ whatever organization... Okay, so they're supposed to get the job done and put races on. Okay, so he has the agreement. So then these two other guys that have nothing to do with the racetrack, really. And live in freaking Maine and New Hampshire. And live in Maine, go over the head and actually and get it done. So what's the purpose of Econ Motorsports then? If you're, no, like what happened there? Like, What's the point then he if was supposed to do it? Like that group was supposed to take on uh, practice in August and the Bud 150 in August and pretty much the rest of the schedule all the way out to the end of the season. But for some reason, it got one practice in, and then they canceled the Bud 150 due to quote-unquote COVID concerns. But now, 
these two guys who actually don't have their, you know, shit in the wind and they actually know what they're doing show up out of absolutely nowhere. We didn't see this coming at all. Um, and they say, hey, uh, don't worry, we got this. We already got an agreement with the track in NASCAR. We're going to put these races on. Here's the dates. And we are working on getting everybody in there that are the weekly divisions as well. And it's like, huh, where did that come from? <laughs> you know, like, like I did not see this coming. This is literally my mind talking. It's like, I know who these guys are. You know, I know who Christmas Shot is. I know who Tom Mayberry is. I know the impact that these guys have up north. I know they're excellent promoters. I know that they've got... I mean, it's just baffling to me. It's like, where? okay, so we had all this word about this other group that's running the show at Thompson on the Oval. Now, all of a sudden, these guys are doing it? Like, where did this come from? <laughs> I'm just really confused And here. what's the point of the current organization? That's what I'm getting at, too. What I'm like, is I, the point? I'm just confused. I mean, I'm sure a lot of other people are like, hey, wait a minute, what happened here? But I'm like, well, there's no real news on what happened. It's just that, hey, these guys are doing this. I guess it doesn't matter how it happened. It just matters that it's happening. Yeah, I mean, it, I just, I'm baffled. That's all. I'm not really going to press it. If these guys want to be the ones to take over the oval track and run that, it's obvious. I mean, it's blindingly obvious that they are very much capable of doing this. And not only doing it, doing it well. And within the confines of where, you know, the um, what the track wants from them, what the state is saying they can do, and any other restriction that might come their way. But they've already been hosting other races up north, you know. So with the capacity restrictions in place at Connecticut, there shouldn't be any real reason you should cancel these events. They seem to have found a way to do it. So I don't know. Whatever. Like I said, this is just me thinking out loud. I mean... Is there anything else we can say other than that? <laughs> it's blindsided and confused, but thankful. God damn it! Uh, so it's just—I don't know. I, like I said, I'm not—I'm not mad about these guys taking over the reins as like promoting the track. I think it's great. I think these are definitely the right guys for the job. I know it's but, just frustrating because it just makes me retarded. I can't put words in from my brain to what I'm thinking to my mouth because it's just so—I don't know. Like I said, it's almost I like wanted, they... I, exactly what I'm just talking about. I can't put words into it for me. I just need to know what's going on and just put the fucking races on. I don't know. I just it's it's on. almost like they just kind of swept up what happened with Econ. They just give and just up like, or what? They just like swept it under the rug and was like, no, that, that didn't really exist. Go look over here at the shiny object. But yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna get people in that track, these two are the right the ones for it. So we might as well stick to local stuff and. There was two races over the weekend, I think, at... Uh, were there two at Stafford this weekend? I'm not, I'm not even Yeah, there was. there was. Hey, there were. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, it was All right. 75. You can tell I'm really still stuck on vacation, but... <laughs> I'm terrible at this. Uh, so, Friday. Um, they ran, like, three divisions. They split the uh, Open Modified 100 and the SK5K into two separate days. And honestly, I think it's a good idea because... When you've got two marquee events and capacity restrictions, you want to try to level it out to say, hey, if you want to go to one race, you can go here. If you want to go to the other race, you got the next day. And if you got, if you want to go to both, you can you can really try to get tickets for both days. But you know, there's when you have them all on one night, you've got the people who come for one or the other. But this was a good idea. They ran three divisions each night. Uh, 
Friday night, they ran the limited late models, the street stocks, and they did the open modified 100. And let's see, Jeremy Lavoie won the limited late model race. Zach Robinson absolutely spanked him in the street stock race. Uh, I was watching the highlights, and like he was on his own planet. So <laughs> the limited late model race was a little closer, but Zach just killed him. Uh, and then they went out for the open modified 100. Now, here's the funny part is that Stafford was goofing on Twitter, and they were saying, hey, you know, not to brag or nothing, but we still have power here. And what the hell happens? The power goes out during the open mod 100. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> and the lights go out. But anyway, once they finally got the open modified 100 going, Keith Rocco spun early and still managed to come back and win. I guess if you're going to have a problem, have it early because you still got time to come back. And that's not the first time I don't think I've ever seen him have a problem and come back to win anyway. So uh, kudos to those guys. I know his uh, protege or teammate, half teammate, whatever it is, uh, Marcello Rafrano won the Open 80. So that shop is doing some real work with the uh, Open Modified stuff. So Saturday. Saturday was the SK5K at Stafford. They ran three divisions there. They moved the late models and SK lights over and ran the SKs as the obvious uh, headline division, which they usually always do. Uh, so Saturday, Adam Gray, I think he won two in a row in the late models. Uh, good story here with the SK lights. Steven Chapman got his first win. First-time winners are always good. And remember last week, or was it last week, I talked about the Dan Avery cars not running? Yeah. Like, all three of them weren't Motors running. were, yeah, not handling <laughs> like, I think, down the straightaway. I think, yeah, something, like I said, that was the scuttlebutt in the pit area was that they were, the three drivers kind of banded together and said, hey, look, you know, we, we love racing these cars, but we really could use a little power. I know Chase's car got destroyed in a turn four accident a few weeks ago. I think Dan just kind of parked them and said, hey, let's get some funds together and see what we can do. I don't know what they did, but all three of them showed up for the SK5K. And Chase Dowling won the SK5K for the second time in one of Dan Avery's cars. So whatever they did, they must have figured it out because that car was quick. So the word that came out today after the SK5K and after everything died down, which is, well, let's see, it was a day after, so it's Monday as of record day. Stafford revealed that their 25% share of the video streams that goes to the driver's point fund yeah. They revealed that that has already reached $10,000. No kidding. Yeah, I'm like, holy cow. That's really good. Yeah, they must be getting a lot of them uh, streams from out of state or people who just can't make it, and that must be working out for them. Hey, it, you know, if you put on a quality stream or a quality video or a quality product or whatever, people are going to tune into it, and obviously uh, people are. It's and the way of the future. I've been saying it for a long time. So, yes, I'm goddamn brilliant. Uh, it works. It's going to be the future of short track racing is going to be accessibility to people who cannot go to the racetrack. Stafford, when you guys are done with the COVID restrictions, just keep doing this because it will pay dividends. Like it will. I mean, people are still going to come to the racetrack. Okay. You need to see the smells. You need to see the sights, smell the race fuel, feel the, the ground pounders, uh, you know, that big thump in your chest that's so addicting that you want to go. People are going to go. Yeah. No question about it. People still go to the movie theater. Here's, you know? a, here's the thing. And yet they'll still buy some DVDs later, too. 
I will probably go to the racetrack just as much as I do now, but I might partake in watching the races more if I can get it at home. And they're still going to get their money for it, you know? So I think it's a great idea. It's definitely, like you said, it's definitely the way forward. So stick with it, Stafford. Stick with it. But what's pissing me off, though, is that those videos are only good for 30 days, and it's near impossible to download. I could figure it out how to download those videos. And yeah, keep those, but, um, you know, maybe in the future I'll be doing this underground. If I can be real for don't one me a minute. If I can be real for one minute, I don't have, I don't think I've got any video of any of my wins. So if I won at Stafford, I would be like on the computer trying to find a way to download that video. So that's right. Yeah. I might, I, I might have one. I don't know, but I know how to, and I'll share that information with you for a price. My time is worth something. DM just oh wait, he doesn't have social media, so get a hold of him. Don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> you know where to find me, but you know, it'll it'll be okay. Uh, eventually that'll come out, but you know, maybe I won't do it on this platform, but you'll be in a little while. Let's put it this way as uh vaguely as possible. You'll be able to get those videos and be able to own them. All right, so I have some breaking news. All right. I know that Phil interrupted us earlier in the show, but it was for good reason. Lee USA Speedway, September 11th, Freedom 300, $10,000 to win pro stocks for 150 laps. Here's the kicker, Jess. $5,000 to win street stocks 75 lap race. Oh, Jesse's getting ready here. Yeah. Like, how much am I going to be looking at my rule book right now looking to go do this race? <laughs> I got 8-inch wheels and an any uh, what's it called again? NHSTRA. I got a legal engine for that too, so it's like, oh boy, <laughs> you stupid man! You got a legal engine. What's wrong with you? Okay, the compression's a little too high because it was built for the uh, New Hampshire race that was under pass rules, which is basically NHSTRA, but they had a half a percent more or half a point more on the compression. But I can always put new head. Well, don't you have to run a crate motor for for NH? No, you don't have to run a crate motor. They have a big open motor rule plan or uh, rule set. Yeah, but there's. Uh-huh. Like ten and a half to one, four sixty lift cam, um, fuely heads, all set with that. So I'm gonna have to spend twenty grand in order to win five. You can borrow <laughs> my motor. Basically, is what's going on. No, you can borrow my motor. Um, what motor? My NHS TRA motor that I built in the off season. You yeah. can but you can borrow my motor on one condition. Yep. Uh, you put a racing oil pan on it because I don't think I put one on there yet. I will, thank you, but I'm going to need to get a Ford 9-inch with some... Uh, I have a Ford 9-inch with 567 gears that came from Lee Yusei Speedway. And some rum-coated gears. Just race it. <laughs> Gun-drilled axles. Just race it. I'm giving you this offer right now. Or should, I go, on- or should I go to Albie Ovitz Garage and just rob that bitch of all his cheater parts? <laughs> He's going to back the trailer up and be like, no, no, this is... Uh... He's going to chloroform those sons of bitches and take <laughs> He's it. He's going to have chloroform and a squirt gun like a super soaker, just popping guys as they come out. <laughs> okay, you all heard it first. I offered an engine and a rear end for Jesse to run for five grand at Lee USA Speedway. There. All he's got to do is come up with fuel and tires. The wheels are turning here, folks. I need some Marvel mystery off of my brain gears right now. <laughs> You've got headers. I do have headers. You can use them. I do have headers. I think they are legal for NHS TRA. I need to put the mufflers on, though. That's not a big deal. You have mufflers. 
I know. You just got to switch them out. That's no big deal. I That's could no even put mufflers on it. How you about that fuel mine. tank? How about that fuel tank roll? That's a Stafford roll. Uh, is that an only? It's so a Stafford roll. You could run your fuel cell. So I could run my my antiquated. Uh, yeah, run it. They don't care. Fuck safety. Let's win five. <laughs> Live free or die, brother. <laughs> don't tread on me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I said, everybody heard it first. I offered him a motor. So. Oh damn, that's really nice of you. I love you. You, you got the carb that will kick ass, so go put that thing on there and go roast. Like I said, go go to Speedway Motors and get a cheap baffle pan and a pickup and put it on there because the one I put on there sucks, and I was going to change it before I raced anyway. <laughs> so whatever. You all heard it here first. Hurry it up, all right? Let's do it. So anyway, now that we're finally out of the uh, local stuff, why don't we just kind of skirt through the uh, national stuff because everybody else already knows what happened there. Maybe we'll come up with an opinion on something, but I kind of doubt it. Besides, we're both really tired, and Jesse is feeling the after effects of a, what was it, McFlurry? Uh, it was a Dairy Queen blizzard at 3 o'clock. That's ruined my dinner. Holy shit! Go! Yeah. <laughs> Don't, yeah, you're, you're definitely tanking right now. Uh, so anyway. Oh, it hurts. I'm feeling green. So probably the biggest news to come out of NASCAR that wasn't race-related was uh, Eric Jones not coming back to Joe Gibbs Racing in 2021. And in the worst-kept secret of NASCAR, Eric uh, Eric will be replaced by Christopher Bell because everybody knew that that was coming. He's under contract. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Eric Jones also said uh, that he was quite blindsided by it because he thought that negotiations were going well. That's two drivers now that Christopher Bell's kicked out of. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, just like... T- I would like to know Eric Jones's uh, Damn, take son. on it, but they offered a, an interesting statistic uh, with Eric Jones in the 20 car. Now, remember, Joey Logano ran that 20 car when he came into NASCAR, and so did Eric Jones. Uh, Eric's definitely won more races and had way better finishes than Joey Logano. So, I mean, if that's to, to, if that's to take anything from it, Eric might get better with age. And we all know that the 20 car is kind of the bastard child of that whole organization anyway. It used so. to be the boss, but now it's kind of like the field filler. Yeah, I mean. It depends on what personnel's moved around. You all know that. So Yeah, we don't know what's going on. But anyway, I think he's a good talent. And I think he'll land on his feet somewhere. Um, speaking of which, Levine Family Racing, who owns that 95 car that uh, Christopher Bell is in currently and uh, will be moving out of at the end of the year, uh, announces their sale, and the rumor mill is turning about who purchased that team. Uh, apparently, they lease all their cars from Joe Gibbs Racing, so it's not like Christopher Bell is really driving crap anyway because he's been having really good finishes. Yeah, this is the uh, R&D car for Joe Gibbs. Yeah, but the majority of the rumors about the sale of the team are kind of pointing towards former Cup Series owner Cal Wells uh, returning. To, I just saw the look on your face. Yeah, returning to the Cup Series as an owner, but that's... At this point, obviously, just speculation. I mean, we all speculated on where Brad Keselowski was going to end up, but he ended back up at Penske for at least one year. I think they only said it's a one-year deal, so it's probably going to be completely performance-based if he gets another one. Um, I don't think that their relationship is too great anyway, but like I said, um, Cal Wells coming back could be a very distinct possibility. It's not like he hasn't fielded a team before, and it's not like he doesn't currently field teams in sports car racing or whatever else he does. Um, so, I gave I, him the confused glare. Yeah, it's the it's one like, where your eyes burrow forward and you, just, and you don't have any expression on your face except it's a half frown. 
It's like Rio doesn't huh? do it justice. It's like how the who? <laughs> Cal the Wells didn't he own the thirty-two tide car? It's like yes, he did. The fuck. Yeah, but he might be coming back. That's speculation at this point. That's just, you know, no rumor that we ever... Motherfucker. (laughs) No rumor that we ever report has any sort of validity to it based on, like, an insider report. It's basically just insider industry scuttlebutt. That's all it is. It's just kind of just rumor. So, um, but yeah, it would be interesting to see him come back. Uh, We do, you know, with the new cart that's coming in, they said that it's going to be a lot more um it's going to give a lot more to the lower teams like they're not going to be as dependent on bigger teams for technical alliances and stuff like that so that's what Wells, they said about the car of tomorrow yeah well they were idiots with the car of tomorrow <laughs> that's what um, they said man well they didn't well the thing about car of tomorrow was it was good intention bad execution um mm. this this new car might be a lot more modular and it might have a lot more this is going to be the car of today. Yes, this will. Be, yeah, <laughs> the car of I want to see the car of yesterday, tomorrow. Today? That's what I want today. You want it today? Today, I want to see the car of yesterday <laughs> today. Uh, but uh, you know, time will tell on everything. They always. Every, it's like a politician. You make a promise, and then we'll see. And then it <laughs> fails miserably. But you're yeah. still fighting a good fight for the people. Right. At least you're. Tr- well, you say you're trying. Uh, no, but like I said, it would be interesting to see a new owner or a returning owner back in. Uh, there might be some, I would really like to see some more come out of NASCAR for that new car, but since COVID kind of came, they just kind of struck everything and put it on the back burner. I don't think they've done anything with that car outside of possible, um, computer stuff. I mean, I don't think they've done any physical testing or any physical, anything with the car since COVID hit, so... I mean, you can't test. You just yeah, drop really, the green flag and go, some bitch. That's why Kyle Busch ain't won a race. Well, I mean, with the new with the new car, they're not testing the new one. The, oh, the, oh, the yeah, next, yeah, the the next gen car or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, if anybody caught the truck race at Michigan, I um, saw a little bit. I, I I came into it as soon as Johnny Sauter uh, junked it. Junked it. I was I was kind of happy because he's Johnny, kind of a crybaby. Johnny Slaughter. Love that shit. You know, I don't like to really trash on people, but he's uh, he's one of my least favorite people what in NASCAR. A biggity bitch. But anyway, I don't celebrate people crashing. I just don't feel bad when they do. Um, Big the filthy animals. So Zane Smith won his first truck race at Michigan, and he made a ballsy move on the at the bottom on the last lap. I think it was a green white checker. The the end of the race was really messy. If you like crashes or action, that was your race. Uh, as well as the first cup race. A lot of teams were saved a lot of money there. Yeah, that's another. That's a discussion for another day. But yeah, the green white checker rule wrecks more cars than you know anything else. I mean, yeah, oh, they it didn't make it to the line up. Let's, let's go wreck line them back up and see what's left. Oh, we need to save teams money, but let's put restrictor plates on them, group them all up, trademark the big one, and then let's all have green white checker finishes and junk the rest of the field while we're at it and cost everybody a quarter million of dollars a pop. But we're trying to save money. Anyway, let's have only let's have one <laughs> lug nut and make sure that the pit road pit is as confusing as possible, especially when you can only do tires or fuel depending on what color the flag is at what certain time of the race. <laughs> let's not mention the choose cone. Um, no. <laughs> Austin Cindric won an interesting Xfinity race at Road America. I love racing at Road America. I'm sorry. I love watching these guys go. 
Excuse me, but everyone loves Road America. I Road America is just an awesome track. I love that track. Wisconsin I hosted, is God's country. I hosted an iRacing event at that track, and nobody wanted to do it, and they're all bitches. Um, but anyway, they had a, like a, a rain no, early. We love you guys. <laughs> they just don't want to race against me anymore. Um, no, nah, Austin Cindric, yeah, they had rain early. They had like two lightning delays. They had differing strategies. They had ra- they did run on rain tires. Um, it was really fun. I love watching these guys race in the rain. It's you know it, it brought a lot of guys who have a lot of road course talent up to the front. They were very good. Then when it dried out, the the other guys, the Xfinity regulars, just kind of rose to the top. I know uh, All Guy are gotten a hard wreck at the end. I was like. He, there's like two crash barriers there. He passed the first one. I thought he was going to get it, but then he got the second one and just destroyed the car. That was a really tough break for him. But it was like chaos at the end. I loved it. It was a typical road course race. Road course racing is the new short tracks. You know, I love them. It is the new short track. Yeah, they're great. Let's yeah. run modifieds on those. Why not? They have They before. used to. They used to run them backwards at Lime Rock because it was mostly left turns if you did it that way. Yeah, that's the way to go. Let's do right that. Again. stupid. We need to do that again. Right hands are dumb. So, Kevin Harvick swept the weekend at Michigan for the Cup Series. Doubleheader race. I believe they were 400 kilometers apiece. A little shorter distance for both of them. They are probably around 300 miles each. It was perfect. I liked watching them. Uh, messy end of the first one. Again, kind of like the truck race. Saw a green-white checker finish. Second one was... Uh, the second one was just a duel to the end with Denny Hamlin. Those two have just been the absolute cream of the crop for the Cup Series this year. I mean, they both have combined for, I believe it is, 11 races. That's off the top of my head. Uh, and you can quote me on that because I know I'm right. But Harvick won six, Hamlin's won five, and that's since they came back from the COVID break. Uh, oh, I believe, didn't Hamlin win the 500 this year? So maybe he has wins before the COVID. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really matter to me. Uh, but yeah, it was the first... We will mention it. It was the first race for the Choose Cone rule. And officially. For a points-paying race, I should say. Yeah, officially. So it's, it was technically the first points-paying race for the Choose Cone rule. So I don't know what anybody else's opinion on it is. Honestly, I don't care. I think it's fine. I think it's an option that... Uh, racers probably will benefit or um you know i don't think anybody really hates it to be honest like it really does get rid of all the pit road games it's like okay what lane do you want to be in okay then take it the choice is yours and you know something it almost worked out a couple <laughs> times for chase elliott he, well he denny almost hamlin got it done denny hamlin's his, you know? he said that his whole theory on it is they're like, oh, you're going to take the top or a bottom? He says, I'm going to try to move as far forward as I can. Whichever lane I can move forward in, I'm going, to, I'm going to take it. And I'm like, well, that's a good idea. I would do the same thing. That is a race car driver's observation because it's very simple, mm-hmm. and there's absolutely no thinking involved. It's free spots. Free. <laughs> it's free spots. Must go forward, get there as straight as possible. You know, at the No end, imagination. At the, end of the, at the end of the first race, we saw... Um, Denny and Bubba Wallace take advantage of it. I think they restarted um, third and fourth or third and fifth, and Bubba was in almost second coming off the second turn. But since the high lane, these cars are so aero-dependent, and 
if you get grouped up, it's basically whoever has the preferred lane is just going to truck by you anyway, which is why I voted that it wasn't a great race on Jeff Gluck's poll. And everybody else is like, well, it was a great race, and they were side by side, and they could pass. And I'm like, not really. They're still really aero-dependent with this big-ass spoiler in this package and the PJ1. So, I mean, yeah, the restarts are fun, but once they get strung out, if you can park your car in the same line as the car behind you, he's not getting by you, which is what happened in the second race when Hamlin caught Harvick and almost got by him, but Harvick could just park the, the back end of his car right in the way of Hamlin and take the air off it, and Hamlin couldn't pass him. So it's like, well, okay, was it really that good of a race? Okay, it was, but we still have the same problems. You know, we still got the same arrow issues. Take the spoiler off it. Let's go. I am out of notes for this week, and we are incredibly tired each. So, <laughs> so I think I'm going to wrap it up here. So the next race, they're going to go. They're going to up the ante even more. Not just you know, 200 miles per hour going into the first turn with no practice or any. No, 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 no. They've scrapped that. There is a new chicane in, at Daytona coming off of turn four. Don't interrupt me, bitch. I'm sorry, but that's not what they're going to do anymore. No, no, I was talking about... You're not going to shut me up. Fuck you. I can say what I want. I still got Nazi bullets in my head. Oh, the Nazi bullets. You're what I'm saying is that as if, as if Michigan wasn't enough where they could go 200 miles an hour into the first corner and with no practice or qualifying, now... They're going to go into the road course where they're going to go into the first turn however fast, be with the new chicane, with no practice or qualifying, and just send that bitch on the Daytona road course. Well, the difference is I'm glad they, you know, I am kind of glad that they put the chicane in because if you, like I tested the cup car on the Daytona road course in iRacing, and coming through the tri-oval, I was at at least two... 210 and i'm like if they have to slow down from 210 with these race cars i mean if you had a prototype you could do it easy you know but with these big heavy race cars and the brakes that they have you're gonna kill those brakes by the end of the race or you don't have brakes big enough they, no they, they really they don't. don't they're too heavy they have way too little contact patch and you're just not going to do it. So, yeah, they put a chicane they're going off to uh, and Yeah, down. they're going to warp the rotors, and they're going to have a heavy brake pulsation, which means pads, rotors, and calipers. And wheel rotation as well. Yeah. Always rotate your tires. Yeah. It's going to be – It's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to cost at least six, $700 in repairs. Yeah. How many hours is that? Oh, three? About, yeah, two and a half hours, three hours. <laughs> By the book. You know, Book time, bitch. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So there's the only way they could get that done is if they put you know on the Bugatti Veyron, where they have that oh, the big, big wing, the yeah. big wing brake that just goes broom forward and then it catches the air like a parachute. It's the only way they're going to be able to stop in time. So you kind of have to. I mean, oh wait, they could put the restrictor plate on there. No, no, that's a hard no. <laughs> you want to see a boring race? Put a restrictor plate on. Spacer is a restrictor plate, kids. I'm sorry, but it is. It restricts airflow. It's a restrictor plate. <laughs> it's not a plate. Yay. Yep. Oh, and one more thing I want to take away from Michigan. Uh huh. Um, you know how Kyle Bush says, you know, that you know he didn't get enough practice, so that's why he can't win races. Well, he had a bunch of practice on Saturday. 
<laughs> I know where you're going there. Um, you had 300 plus miles of practice, bro. Bro, yeah, 300 miles. I mean, you're not going to change springs that much during practice anyway. You had your spring set to begin with. Well, okay. he did do better. You could have changed the springs, you know, in Sunday's race. Uh, you know, and you had all all day Saturday to test and tune and, and do a little wedge turn here, wedge here, figure out some things with shot. You had 300 miles. What happened, bro? I have an interesting theory. Do you think that he's suffering from a lack of seat time because he used to be able to race trucks and Xfinity whenever the hell he wanted, but now they've completely cut him back, and now he has to do this? It's Like solely? You think that's really an issue, or is it just he's just not having a good time? I, I think he believes his own greatness and his own bullshit personally, and it's gotten into his way, and now he's frustrated and be acting like a little bitch like always, and therefore it, it, the, the results have suffered because his head's not in the right place. So you think he just needs to kind of lighten up and just drive the car? Yeah, if he focuses on his hashtag hand and stop bitching at people and start ed- and everything... Just kind of calm down and just get it right. Just calm your shit and get it right. Focus at the job at hand. All right, he's not the intended there. He's he's not Rowdy Burns. He gave himself that own his own nickname. That pisses me off. Nicknames don't make horsepower. Okay, he's Pouty Burns. Okay, <laughs> that motherfucker cries. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So anyway. I think that's it for this week. I think those are our parting thoughts. Um, I'm just doing my own thing. I'm back from vacation. Going to start working on the race car. I ran out of welding gas, and I need metal. So it's like, yep, yeah, I'm delayed for a couple weeks because I need the gumption to get up and do that. Got a few more things to take care of. Hopefully I'll be out by September, maybe the end of the year. I don't know. Maybe I'll just do the fall final in the World Series. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do at the, world, at the end of the year so far, but that's just it for us. So... You can find this podcast on any major podcast platform. You can find us on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. If you need a little help with your uh, podcasting links, you can head on over to GleasonBrosRacing.com. I should post some updates on there because I'm actually making some headway with the race car. That's what I got that stuff for. I should use it. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BrentGleason01. Jesse doesn't want to be found. Quiet, boy! Go visit my sponsor for Stafford at Northeast Trucking Off-Road and Route 12 and Gales Ferry for all your off-road and truck and protective coating needs. I'm just going to keep plugging them until I can get on the racetrack because they sponsored me, and I'm going to pay them back for it. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for sticking with us. Um, I, again, apologize for the audio quality, but we will work through it. Oh, audio quality from last week. Do you ever laugh from people with a retardation? <laughs> that was me last week. And uh, so, anyway, keep the dirty side down and stay out of the fence. Thank you all. Do you want to touch? <laughs> <laughs>